0: Buenos dias and welcome back to yet another edition of the Metropolitan Culture Corner. This is our first edition of 2024. Happy new year and I hope that your year is off to an incredible start. I mean, I know it's only been going on for a few hours at this point. In this first interview of the new year, we go behind the scenes with visual artist and jewelry maker Stephanie Barbier. Born in Agen, France, she has lived in Barcelona since 2004 and opened her current studio space in Gracia in 2016. A jeweler by training, but a lover of interior design and art forever, she decided to combine her two passions by creating jewelry that goes beyond the limits of the body, unique decorations for the interior spaces where we spend much of our lives. Both her works of art intended for your walls, as well as those intended for your fingers, wrists, necks, and ears, were created with beauty, functionality, and sustainability in mind by employing special materials, created by recycling old books and other objects that she finds on the streets of Barcelona. Whether it's a custom wedding ring or a wall hanging, each of her pieces is one of a kind and is made with the idea of bringing light, color, and an extra touch of happiness to the everyday lives of her customers. She was also part of the artistic group coordinated by Silvia Valls, called Joyas Sensacionales, for approximately 12 years. This group's expositions had a significant impact on the world of jewelry making in the city of Barcelona. Please welcome Stephanie Barrier to the Metropolitan Culture Corner
1: since the beginning I think I make jewels for your home more than just decoration object. for me it's the same I think how you decorate your home is a way of showing yourself also it can make you feel good in the morning you wake up and it's nice in your house and then it's almost the same than wearing some kind of clothes and put on some makeup and put some jewelry to go out you do it because it makes you feel good and I believe that your environment your house is also a way of making you feel good and I always had this connection, with decoration because my father is an architect actually, I made one year of architecture I always grew up with my grandmother, she was amazing with her house and she always was changing the furniture around and not only for people when they are coming around, it's more for you so I hope with my work can give that to people also, to have a little bit more fun and a little bit of shiny thing in their house,
0: so their life is a little bit more shiny also. So hello and welcome to the Metropolitan Culture Corner, thank you for being with us today. Thank you for having me today, I'm very happy to be here. And I see behind you one of your artworks. Is that right?
1: Yes, exactly.
0: You studied history and anthropology and then ended up studying art and design and jewelry making at the Escuela Massana here in Barcelona. So what led you to study there? Why not go somewhere else in the world?
1: Well, I studied history in Bordeaux in France and anthropology in the Réunion Island close to Madagascar. And then I traveled a little bit for Australia for a year and Indonesia and stuff. And then I came back to Friends and I am my first kid. I wanted to go back to travel, or at least live outside of my country. I really enjoy the feeling of living in a place that you don't really belong. Even if you're there for a long time, it's not completely yours. And I really enjoy this feeling. So I was looking for some place and Barcelona, it's not very far from my parents so for my child, it was good. And uh, so we came to Barcelona. I was working already on market selling things I was making and being in Barcelona, I didn't have a car, so I needed to make it smaller. So I started to make jewels and then I started to like it. And then I went to study jewellery in Massana Art School. It was really focused on the artistic part
0: more than the technical part. So that's why I ended up here. So you started making jewellery because it was easier to transport it around Barcelona than your other artists.
1: (laughs) <laughs> yeah exactly. because before that I was making like mirror or furniture or bigger art. So, yeah, without any
0: car, I needed to make it smaller and be able to go and make the market. And when you said that it focused more on the artistic part than the technical part, what's the difference?
1: We are talking about jewels. So normally when you think of jewelry, you always think of little earrings and stuff like that, you know? So, but in Masana schools, you know, Scola Masana is very famous for artistic jewelry, contemporary jewelry, which are really pieces of art small pieces of art that you can wear. In this way, they don't focus so much on the craft of making jewels, but more on the concept. You can use all the materials you want to use while making more pieces like little piece of painting or like flat with layers and stuff. And there is the other part who work more like if it was little sculptures and I was more into that. My pieces, my art has always been like little sculptures And very soon I went to movement, so all my brooch or necklace were with some kind of movement inside. So while you were wearing it, it was always changing and adapting to the movement of the people wearing it. And
0: I really enjoy the connection between the body and the jewels. When did you start making jewelry out of the pages of books and all these other found materials? I mean, was this a creative inspiration or did you want to try to make your your work have less of an environmental impact?
1: So I studied in Masana, and actually when I studied in Masana, I was pregnant with my second child so I worked until the end until I give birth and uh, then I had the baby and my teacher she just opened up some classes in a workshop in Gracia a new workshop and she told me if you want to we've got this class every week you can come and be with us so I start with her so we did that like if it was a really a course during six months and we made an exhibition at the end of the six months and actually people were so impressed they really liked the idea so this class just changed into a group of jewels. this teacher she was giving us some concept every two or three months and we all had to work and make some pieces for this concept like two or three pieces and then we had a day where we were sharing what we did all together and then we made exhibition and I did that for 12 years or something like that. So it was every three months working on a new project, a new concept. In one of those work I had to do, I started to work with book pages and with resin because that's my first material. I was already working with resin before starting jewellery and I was teaching how to work with resin. So I started to make with the book and the resin and make some pieces with that and... It all started there. So yes, it was not really because of thinking of the low impact of the environment, but then it started to make sense more and more. And because I always get things in the street, you know that in Barcelona, there is day in the week that you can leave your old furniture or what you have in your house that you don't use. And uh, I always pick things like furniture. And there was always a lot of books. So I start to pick the book from the street Street and I said well that would be good to use
0: them for something else that's just an interesting idea because people end up wearing a story you know on their yeah. hand or whatever it's Very cool. yeah
1: exactly and end, it's got a symbolic part and a very romantic part it's very symbolic because you can't really read anything on a ring you know you can't read the word but you know that it has been made from a book that maybe you cherish or a book who's got a big significance for the couple
0: or it's a nice idea so resin and these books and i know you work with metal furniture you find on the street what other kinds of tools do you need to do what you do in your studio what's a typical afternoon like if you're working on a piece
1: so i've got all the typical tools of jewellers: world the table a very specific table and all the tools that we need for the metal i have to do you say sold solder yeah, yeah. when you Mm -hmm. And then I've got all the parts for the book. I've got the resin because it's a layer of uh, pages with resin all pressed together. Very hard. So at the end uh, when it's dry, you've got like if it was plywood, it's very hard to work with that. So I've got all the tools to cut and to sand
0: and everything. So yeah, I've got a big range of tools. And if you share your studio with other people, Mm -hmm. does that inspire you or is that sometimes complicated because you have all these artists in the same space? Mm.
1: It's always very complicated to share space with other people. Yeah. <laughs> it's, um, I studied anthropology, but I still have trouble with, with uh, other people. Everybody is a world in itself, so sometimes you find a way to work together. But uh, we all have different schedules, so it's also nice because my work as an artist is very lonely in a way, which I love because I can be on my own all day and in my own world and I don't have to worry about anything else so I really love it But sometimes it's really nice to have someone, even someone who's doing something completely different on the side. Uh, Let's face it, sometimes it's difficult to just get the motivation to go. It's not an office, you don't have like a schedule, so you have to do everything by yourself. To know that there
0: is someone else, sometimes it can help you. So I I quite like it. If you get commissioned to do a piece, then that's one thing, and you you follow a combination of your own style plus the needs of your customer, but If you're just looking for inspiration to create something new, do you tend to come across ideas or do you go looking for your next project?
1: It depends. There is always a million of ideas. So uh, it depends a little bit what you're feeling uh, in the moment. But the, the thing is that actually the, really, the ideas come while you're working. I can have ideas, but until I start, I don't get to nothing. So I've got one idea, I write it down and then I forget about it. And I've got another idea and uh, I write it down. And sometimes I come back to this box of ideas when I'm looking for something. But normally I start something and then it change in the middle. and then I get to some piece. I always start with a drawing, like a very simple drawing, and then I go directly to the metal because I find it easier to just manipulate. And then the metal make me change and go to another direction. And that's how
0: I'm building the new pieces. And why the mobiles? How did you develop those designs? And also, why did you decide to create art for people's homes, not just for their bodies?
1: As I told you, while I was was making contemporary jewellery, I'm starting to get obsessed by the movement. I always had like little things that could move and so I was working on the balance and sometimes I wanted it to spin. And even if in contemporary jewellery, it can be a big scale, you're still a little bit reduced. So I wanted to go a bit bigger, like more sculpture, because my work always has been like little sculpture and I wanted to make it really more sculptural. And so, it's very strange because I made this collection of earrings with brass and paper because the paper is really light so I could make very big earrings and uh, from there the shape I just started to put them in mobile I guess the mobile come from the collection of paper jewelry actually and now they are in brass and there is some part in paper and I like the way that when I am making the mobile the construction of the mobile it comes from the body all the time you have to find the balance with your body another way of putting myself into the work So what
0: is your favorite part of making a piece? Is it the actual sitting down with the tools and the metal and the paper and the resin, or is it seeing the reaction of people?
1: Yeah, it depends. For the mobile, my favorite part is when I'm building it, like everything is already done. All the pieces are sanded and polished and everything nice. And then you build it and you find the balance of everything and then you hang it up, and it's just like, it starts moving freely. And that's a very peaceful moment. I love it. Uh, with the jewels, if it was um, a unique piece that I did for so long, it was more the moment of looking for something and trying to find this moment that you say, ah, it's going this way because it takes a long time to get to the point that you know that okay here i'm going this way at the beginning you just have some elements and you put elements and then you change and then it doesn't work and you want to do that and it doesn't work and, and at some point there is something very evident which is i wouldn't say orgasmic but it's <laughs> this uh, this um, high that you get and you know ah it's here and then you just pull the cord and you go that's a very good moment. And then the rings, the paper rings all the earrings, yeah it's more the reaction of the people when they wear them or as they put them for the first time and yeah I like this feeling. You're making things and sometimes at some point if you're on a market or someone comes to your shop to buy something or someone send you a review or something, you get the impact of it because all the rest It's just you with your work and not knowing what is going to happen. So, yeah, it's very amazing
0: when you see the reaction. You go to markets, you have your studio, and you also have a store online on Etsy, right? So. How do most of your customers find you? And how has the internet changed what you do? Has it changed it at all? Oh yeah, it changed a lot. Actually, it changed completely
1: my work. Just before the pandemic, I opened a shop here in Gracia with my jewels and the mobile. And it was in July, 2019. So in March, 2020, I had to close. And because I had the workshop and the shop, I couldn't with everything. All the people in the workshop were going out also well I had to change everything so I stopped the shop and I came back to the workshop and my house so I didn't have any income at this moment I couldn't work like um, most of us we had the same problem so I said well I will start online and I had this shop on Etsy but I think in one year I sold like two pieces or, so I was not very sure if it was going to work but I said well I don't have any other options so I starting Etsy I put the um, picture of the mobile and I start to learn how to sell online and then I just enter in a rabbit hole like I didn't know anything about anything and every time I was trying to do something I was ah but I don't know how to do that either so and I was opening every time oh, and I need to learn this thing ah, and this thing now my work before I was designing and making and maybe selling on market also but now I need to make the CEO of my website. I need to make the description. I have to find out how to send all the product. I have to work a little bit more on uh, social media, Instagram, and stuff. It doesn't have any end at the end. It's, uh, it's just thirty percent of my work is working on the workshop actually and making things, and all the rest is just managing. So it's very different. But At the same time, it gave me the opportunity to reach a public that I couldn't be able to reach here. I've been working with making things and selling things since 25 years, I think. But until now, it was always you had to be on the market, you couldn't be in a few places at the same time. And if in this market, your client was not there, you wouldn't sell anything. Now with internet, we can find the client you've got more opportunities that we never had actually it's challenging but it's very, very interesting. With Etsy, the thing is that people go on Etsy to find already unmade pieces, so they are already there for that, so you just have to rank well on Etsy. And then, in my workshop in Barcelona, they make something every year called where you are allowed to open your workshop, and there is a road around Barcelona where people can go and visit workshops. So from there, there is people who know me, and they can come and by and
0: making publicity or stuff like that, that's how you find people to buy your own product. Do you find that Barcelona is a supportive community when it comes to art?
1: It's a place where there is a lot of artists. I wouldn't say that it's so supportive. There is some organization and there is some things that are done. but. There is a lot of people, so at least you can easily know other people who are in the same industry as you are. That helps to know other people who are doing the same thing as you do, uh, but really, really supportive. We will need some other kind of organization to really be supported, I
0: would say. In Barcelona, in the creative world, there seems to be a lot of talent and not a lot of infrastructure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, there was the pandemic and now it's kind of post-pandemic, but things are still not 100% recovered and the internet has changed how people work, like you said. So 2024, what is that looking like for you right now? Are you working on anything different? Are you looking for new inspiration? Are you going to go move to an island and sell only on the internet or what? (laughs) What are your plans? Yeah, Yeah, that's a good question actually, because it's
1: true, we are post-pandemic, but I still struggle with the problem I had during the pandemic and online actually, this year was a bit tricky because we had like two, three years where the online was very hard, so all the um, numbers were not the right ones. It was completely different. So I can see that on Etsy, for example, this year is slower than the year before, so it's more complicated. And what I want to do, what I want to do in 2024? You no, know, I am in the middle of a, not a crisis. I wouldn't say it's a crisis, but maybe I want to change. I find my Myself in the moment that I need to change. I want to be lighter. The workshop is big, uh, I've got so many tools, I need so much things to make it going. Maybe because I'm more than a middle aged woman now. So <laughs> maybe I, I need to go back to something a little bit more lighter and I work everywhere, maybe. So um, I am starting to change a little bit my project, make things smaller again and i've got a project completely different but i'm very animated i'm very happy with it so i think there will be some change in 2024 it's already started but nothing is completely up but yeah i'm in a moment of changing uh, rumbo <laughs>
0: Actually, I think a lot of people feel that way right now because people thought they knew where they were going and then the pandemic and then after the pandemic. And I think a lot of people are very tired.
1: Yes. Yeah, and I think, yes. Maybe we've got the need to really find something that works for us. Personally, I think we change and I think I've changed and maybe I don't want to do the same thing anymore and uh, I want to do something else. Or maybe I want to get back to things I worked in my life or I studied in my life and I never used. And maybe it's time to just put all the pieces together. I find myself in the moment that it's time to put all the pieces together and use all the skills I had during my life because I didn't do just one thing. I, I've got a master in art, therapy also I did so many things that I need to put all the pieces together
0: well you have to keep me informed on what you do thank you very much it was great (laughs) no thank you that was uh, good and was very interesting also for me thank you very much for having me No, you're welcome. It was great. Thank you so much, Stephanie, for sharing your work as well as the philosophy behind your work with us here on the Metropolitan Culture Corner. So if you live in or are passing through our beautiful city, you can reach out to Stephanie and make an appointment with her to stop by her studio and check out her work in person. And in fact, you can check out the creations of most of our interviewees here on the Metropolitan Culture Corner because they all live and work right here in Barcelona. In case you don't know who else I'm talking about, you should check out the interviews from the past almost four years now. We've featured all kinds of fascinating people with really exciting careers and with inspiring perspectives on art, on culture, on food, on everything that basically makes up our human existence. So so if you've missed any of these interviews dating back to March 2020, I would highly recommend taking the time to watch at least a few of them. And we will see you next month, same time, same YouTube channel, and thanks for continuing to support the local arts and culture scene.